Welcome to Campus Tales, a podcast series brought to you by the ISB admissions team. Get ready to immerse yourself in the captivating world of the Indian School of Business through the voices of our current PGP students. Campus Tales is the podcast series to gain insights into life at ISB, where dreams turn into realities and futures are shaped. Discover a treasure trove of inspiring stories, unique experiences, and valuable advice from our diverse student body. Hello everyone, this is Amit Tyagi, Associate Director for Admissions at Indian School of Business, and I am your host for the Campus Tales episode today. Second term at ISB is uh, colloquially called the hell term. People should really think about why they want to do an MBA. But in ISB, you have to be on your feet. So we just decided, you know, it would be fun to have a commentary while people are standing there. I just tried to, came here to enjoy as much as possible while learning. That, that has been my rule all these weeks. He's a lawyer, a stand-up artist, and himself a host of a podcast done by the Video Club. Please welcome the articulate and super enthusiastic Ishan Mishra. Ishan, pleasure having you on this uh, episode. Thank you, sir. Thank you so much for having me. So let's start with your background and your pre-ISB journey. Can you take us through your experiences prior to joining ISB in terms of your uh, CADs? Of course, we know that you are a lawyer, but if you could tell us more about what law education is all about and we can then start off from there. Yes, sir. Sure. My name is Ishan, of course, as you have introduced me. I, I was born and brought up in Rajasthan and I moved quite a lot during my life. And finally, in terms of my education, I came to Delhi to do law. So I did a five-year law course right after my school education. And I joined NLU Delhi in uh, Dwarka. Mm. And uh, before joining, of course, I had a lot of perceptions about what law is and what law practice entails. And uh, legal education was exactly that. So they trained us in the art of understanding the law, the art of practice, I'd say. And overall, becoming more of professional in the field. Because I believe the niche that NLU Delhi addresses is the minority of law practitioners which are, let's say, in corporate law or in commercial law. But we do also have people who go to litigation. So when I completed my legal education, I had a lot of options. And uh, one of the options that I chose was to practice as an in-house counsel for a large manufacturer. Uh, because there were a lot of advantages to the job, but one of the main advantages was there was a lot of variety of cases. So we had commercial disputes, we had arbitrations, we did have a few criminal cases. But my major responsibilities were limited to arbitration and service matters. And I worked for three years in that organization and it was quite an enriching experience. So we had really troublesome cases, we had a few easy cases and uh, we did win some, we did lose some. And after I was working there for three years, I realized that maybe perhaps uh, practicing as a lawyer was not something that I wanted to do. And the main reason for that is when you get a case, a lot of things have already happened. And you have no control to go back in time and change those things. Mm -hmm. What you can do is probably argue for a side or get a favorable outcome mm -hmm. uh, that is defined by whatever the organization wants. But what I was really bothered by was that in a lot of cases, I could see the decisions that were made a few years ago were not appropriate. And I wanted to get into a position where I could actually have control over making decisions prospectively and not fix them retroactively. So for three years, I worked there, fought a lot of cases, represented my organization, but then I decided to get a new skill set and get into a managerial role, so to say. Great, great. So talking about law and a law profession, you know, 
one of the things which comes to uh, somebody's mind when they say or think about a lawyer is court cases you know fighting cases in the court i remember um, one of my earliest memories was watching sunny deol in a movie fighting a court case in that you know very animated manner so does it happen that way in real life and what has have been your experience have you represented any your organization in any court cases in front of a judge so i think the movie you're referring to is damini yes and uh, it's a bit exaggerated but uh, so outbursts like those are rare most of the times when you practice in court a more representative mo- movie would be maybe something like jolly llb although it is also quite uh, for comedy they have taken certain liberties but i have represented my organization before many forums and usually it's not that you have a single case or a single day where you can just go argue and change the whole case handling of a case i guess a majority of it happens outside the courtroom mm-hmm. even for really important cases with senior advocates a lot of your time goes into preparing for the case in terms of the law in terms of the evidence in terms of facts and creating a strategy so in a way that is similar to mba but uh, like you've said a big part of it is when you get to the court because all that practice would go to waste if you don't actually perform on the day of the court so i have had the i'd say privilege because someone at my age does not get too many opportunities of representing an organization alone in front of forums but i have had the privilege of representing representing my organization in consumer trials in arbitrations which are actually uh, i believe the future of commercial disputes mm-hmm. and in front of uh, different courts and i think uh, that has given me sort of an advantage that has helped me in isb mm. because here a lot of activities require you to be presentable or speak mm-hmm. under pressure mm-hmm. so i've seen that a lot of my peers may not have had the privilege of having that opportunity in their workspace where they have to speak in tense situation in front of 100 200 people and you are fighting someone so the opponent lawyer is always trying to put you down mm-hmm. so that is something that has really helped me in isb and i Uh, at the time i used to wonder if uh, practicing or representing my organization in a courtroom mm-hmm. is something that would really help me in mba but as it turns out it has helped me a lot so definitely i am sure there are a lot of similarities between a law education and an mba education could you touch upon some similarities or dissimilarities i mean you touched greatly uh, upon you know what has helped you from your law background but how is it in terms of the teaching in terms of the learning between a law education and an mba education i'll say the most prominent similarity that i've observed is the stress on case studies so my brother has also done an mba a few years ago and he used to tell me about the cases that he has read so i used to think it was it would be a lot of fun or i didn't actually have a clear idea of how it worked but in a law education you always have cases as you might know that we have precedents that are applicable like uh, supreme court judgments high court judgments and all of this those cases give you sort of a sh- short story it gives you what happened what was done what was the law applicable what the expectations of people were and finally how it turned out and in mba it's the same thing you have a case it's just not a legal case it's probably a product launch maybe you are trying to launch a new product in a new geography so what do you consider or another case would be just a basic quant heavy case of is this product profitable but the really common thing is that the case the facts is something that binds you so here having come here it's been really interest like very uh, i'd say not easy but really comfortable in terms of the case studies that we have received and most of the important lessons we have learned is through case studies so that is a very big similarity uh, a dissimilarity is that in when we were in law and we, when we were studying about law we could not actually refer to the outside world so in terms of a case that you have let's say you have a criminal case 
the facts are limited to that case it doesn't really matter what is happening outside in the world you have to look at what this case is what's the law applicable what is what are my facts and how do i handle it in mba though the world is out there so if you have to launch a product you do have to see what is happening in other geographies you have to see what's happening in the technology you probably have to see the structure of your company is it viable for you so in that way it is very difficult because i had to relearn even how to look at a case and not to limit myself to the case that was in front of it true i guess too many variables in the business world yes, right yes yes i'd say way more variables uh, than in law but i think that is in terms of the case but when you actually fight a case in a court i'm sure there are also variables, variables but in terms of the analysis i think there are way too more variables in mba so now that we have looked at you know uh, law education management education and we find that in isb over the years every year we have a lot of lawyers that are coming in to the cohorts both hyderabad and mohali in fact the isb cohort as we will call it so what are the prospects for somebody who has a legal uh, background a uh, legal uh, education and then mba after they've completed their mba so what kind of industries they go to what kind of job profiles they look at and could you uh, and what are your career goals on that front if i can have a long answer for this sure, sure, uh, go ahead you all the time when i was applying for mba i had a different conception of what i want to do and where i'll get it so i'm sure people who are listening it will be a experience that might change after coming to a b school but for me since i had worked in a organization that was into manufacturing my aim was to get into an operational role and work on operational efficiency or optimization as you will although i might admit that i did not know how much maths was involved in that process and i've really been working on my maths but that was my primary target when i was applying to b schools uh, as my application progressed and as i met people hr was also something that caught my eye because uh, you work with people in law and it's really i get you get really comfortable working with people you get comfortable understanding their motivation their interests and talent retention and everything is also something you might have worked while you were working in law but now that i've come here and i've spent a few months here i think it's a uh, for me personally i'd like to look at a role that might be in marketing mm-hmm. or in terms of uh, management of organization because i think it complements my thought process of how an organization works or uh, how people work really so in terms of uh, i think people have a lot of wrong conception of marketing they believe it's about communication or making ads or selling but it's truly about understanding what is your product and how does it add customer value in a true sense so that is something that has really intrigued me and that is a role that i look forward to but for generally people in law i think the world is their oyster because even people who study law law is like the textbook law the statutes are very small part of the education the bigger part is to have a set of analytical rules or logical rules on how the world works i think that's how i generalize it so mba is a step above that it's about understanding how the world works but also distilling it into an analysis that is quantitative or an analysis that can actually lead you somewhere mm-hmm. so law is very general right i can tell you this will happen this will happen but this will happen but maybe mba will tell you what probability exactly is that this will happen if this happen what are your payoffs associated with it so i'd say someone who is in law all the options are open in consulting probably if and if they have an interest if they are passionate about technology maybe they can go into business and technology consulting something like that but i wouldn't limit myself in terms of law i'd say that people who are in law can do almost all the roles that are out here as long as they are willing to attain new skills right 
So you touched upon, you talked about something called probability, right? Yes. So how was it studying probability at ISB? Have you done that earlier? I, I don't think so in law. No, actually, uh, probability is one of the most interesting things that I did after law. So in law, we never uh, usually don't about anything like probability or quantitatives. It depends on the curriculum, sure, but it's not stressed upon too much. You can probably have a course in statistics if your organization has it. But when I was actually practicing as an in-house lawyer, it occurred to me that you could probably have a probability of winning or losing a case, mm -hmm. even before you get into that. And even you have a sound legal reasoning or if you have a, a sound uh, factual basis, you can still distill it into probability that if I go to court, what is the probability of winning? What is the amount that I might get? And as they say in MBA, what is the expected value of fighting this case? And maybe what is the expected value of settling it or not settling it? And I tried to implement that mm. in my practice in a very rudimentary sense. But in ISB, probability took went to the next level, of course. And it's also tied to other things. Like you look at probability not just as the probability as an event, but also as what are the factors that go into the calculation of that probability. Let's say if a simple concept of confidence interval in statistics, I wasn't aware of that concept before coming here. And uh, it's been really, uh, I'd say holistic. My understanding of probability has increased a lot. And uh, there's a great professor, Professor Basambu, who was part of our uh, optimization course. What uh, we call the DMO. D DMOP, yeah, Decision DMOP Models course. and Optimization. <laughs> and uh, he's, I hands down, one of the greatest faculty I've ever had the privilege of encountering. And after his course, my understanding of probability completely changed. So now if I could go back in my job, it would be crystal clear on which cases you need to fight and which cases you can just settle or let go. So in that way, uh, of course, for someone who's listening and someone who's in law, it, it will require a lot of effort. It requires going back to the basic of maths and you have to learn a lot of concepts. But uh, I think the way the curriculum is designed in ISB is very well. So in the first term, we had statistics and in the second term, we have DMOP. And these both courses were perfectly, let's say, planned. Because if I didn't have the statistics course, I probably wouldn't have done so well in DMOP. DMOP. And in this term, the third term, we have a course called organization management mm -hmm. and in that we basically work at let's say uh, we have a number of steps to deliver a service or I have a chain of event that leads to a service. So how do I optimize that? So that builds upon the demo course that we had last term. So it's not that difficult because it's been designed. It's been designed that way. way yeah, yes. I get. Now since we're talking about academics, we hear there's something called hell term. Yes. <laughs> Would you want to throw some light upon what exactly yes. is the hell term at ISB? Yes, I, I believe I believe I've survived the hell term. Uh, it's the second term at ISB is uh, colloquially called the hell term. And uh, I'm not someone who gets intimidated very easily. So in the first week when people were like, this is hell term, this is hell term, this is going to be hell. I was like, okay, maybe I can handle it. You know, it's not that big of a deal. But as it turns out, it indeed was a hell term in terms of the submissions and everything. People were usually stressed out, mm -hmm. but I think that's common across all B schools. And uh, the reason for it being called a hell term is because you get subjects, uh, like if we had five subjects in that course, and all of them are really, really difficult to grasp mm -hmm. in terms of you might have to relearn a lot of things. So you might have a lot of baggage since your graduate education or your work experience that you need to set aside and then have a clear mind on learning afresh. In addition to that, you had deadlines every day, almost like a deadline today, two deadlines tomorrow. And most of them were group works as well, group assignments as well. So in a singular assignment for someone like me, it's not that stressful because I'm okay, okay, I worked this much, I got a certain number of marks. 
But in a group assignment, the stakes are higher because your group is dependent on your performance. Right. So I think that's why it was called the hell term. But I can assure the people who are listening that it was as much fun. It was much more fun than the first term as well because we had activities. So we had the pride parade in June. And uh, we had uh, different uh, parties and gatherings. The social clubs were formed. So different social clubs like the stand-up comedy club had their own event. Mm. The dance club had their own event. So I think a part of it being called the hell term is also because you have so many so things many happening. Activities. But if you just forget about, uh, you know, it is the hell term, I think you'll just get by. Like once you're done with it, it doesn't feel like it was a lot. I also hear that, you know, in the midst of the hell term, you also took time out to, you know, become the president of the radio club. Yes. And also do commentary on the football uh, matches which happened. Yes, yes. Could you throw some light on that? I mean, what was that about? I, I was raised with uh, some 30 cousins because my grandparent had a lot of kids. So I have been good with speaking on the spot because if you're living with 30 cousins, you have to be quick on your feet. Otherwise, they'll make you do all the work. So I had that and I'd, I'd also worked in a lot of dramas and stage plays. So while I was here, I looked at the social clubs and the two clubs that interested me were the radio club and the drama club. Uh, but in terms of uh, the way I wanted to, let's say, make content, I thought radio club would be better. Although now it's just, it's more of a podcast club because we do not have radio equipment. So I was just walking by and because ISB is a very conducive campus, you meet, a, every, you meet new people every day. I met up with the sports club president and I found out a football game was going on. Mm. So we just decided, you know, it would be fun to have a commentary while people are standing there. And uh, as it turned out, it was a great thing. We had uh, matches for two days mm. and I was there. It really affected my throat. I couldn't speak for two days after that. But it was a fun session. You got to know people. There were internal jokes in commentary that only the students understand. And uh, it's just really fun to improvise for me. So if I find an opportunity where I can improvise, I go there and perform and it's a lot of fun. Great, great. I'm sure it must be a lot of fun. So uh, one aspect about the two campuses. So you're part of Mohali campus and there's the other Hyderabad campus. What's the difference between the two campuses? Or is there a difference at all in the first place? I think in certain aspects, there is a difference. But in certain aspects, there is not. Before I came here, for anyone who's... Uh, this thought of getting into ISB, it's a big question, Mohali or Hyderabad. And the world out there will give you all the type of arguments that there should be. But at the end of the day, in a sense of managerial education, I don't think there's much of a difference in terms of the faculty, in terms of the course, or anything that really matters from a education or a job perspective. But uh, the difference that there are, I've heard the food in Hyderabad is really bad. So I'm really happy and I'm, I'm in Mohali, the food here is good. But uh, the biggest thing that I've noticed is that the size of the cohort. Uh, we have around 300 people on the Mohali campus. And within the two, three months that we've been here, we know almost 80, 90% of the people that are around here, at least by face or by name. Yes. And I think in terms of like good friends or people that I interact regularly with, there must be like at least one third of the batch that I'm on really good terms with. What I've heard from the people in Hyderabad is that because the cohort is so large, it has no, again, to clarify, it has no bearing on the education. But in terms of socializing, you meet people even after six months that are a new face. You have, ne yeah. you have never met before. The advantage of that is there's new people all the time to meet. But in a sense of feeling homesick or in a sense of accepting this place as your home, it really helps that there are just 300 people here and now I know everyone. So that is one of the major differences. I believe uh, the Mohali campus also has an advantage because it's on the outskirts of the city. You can go out, there is no traffic. There are no disadvantages associated with a big city, so to say. 
and uh, the campus is green there are lot i don't know if they have wildlife on hyderabad campus we do we do, we do. how about the wildlife life here in mohali it's great like uh, of course peacocks and birds there are so many varieties of birds i have a great friend who is a bird watcher so i've already invited him over whenever he has the time yes. you have rabbits running around yes. there are also snakes but it's not a dangerous thing it's yeah. not something that's a problem but yeah uh, apart from that uh, between mohali and hyderabad campus i believe overall it wouldn't have mattered to me either way but now that this is my home hmm. i i like it more than the hyderabad one yes, so you know you seem to have done a lot of things in the last 4 months about less than 4 months now since you joined yeah, yeah i think oh, i'll have to calculate so 15th april may june july august yeah it's less than less than 4 yeah. months so in less than 4 months i mean you've done so many activities been part of so many clubs student wars is what i also hear you are you're part of so what is one key thing which you have learned from isb in the last 4 months it's a bit confusing because uh, i am conflicted i wanted to say the academics because they have been very enriching but i think the key thing that i have learned is how to manage things when they are happening so fast so it's like in my professional life it was a little bit easy going it was also because of my field or maybe because of my organization but in isb you have to be on your feet so for example we have quizzes all day for people who don't know of course you know sir but uh, we had a quiz scheduled for 8:30 and i just accidentally slept off around 5 or 6 o'clock without an alarm and i woke up at like 8:45 15 minutes after the deadline but mm. you miss a quiz you miss a quiz you lose those marks and that actually led to a grade dropping i could have possibly gotten the highest grade but i got a grade less so what it has really taught me is to how to communicate with 100 150 stakeholders or people or students at the same time how to manage 10 things that are going parallelly so you have the student wars maybe you are helping organize a war maybe you are participating in a sports contest maybe you have five projects three quizzes so the biggest lesson till now in the last less than 4 months has been how to manage everything how to keep a track of everything and still end up giving out good results if i was in an organization directly without this education for the first 5 6 months i probably would have been really overwhelmed but what it really teaches you is how to keep a clear head how to have faith in your training and skills even under extreme pressures and deadline and get things done i think that would be the biggest lesson that any student leaves that leaves isb will have like uh, i'm sure people that i meet after isb that do not have a management education from isb or another b school would have find it difficult to work in many environments that we have now been trained to work in right so i don't know if there's another thing that would be as valuable but uh, apart from that it's pure academics before coming here i think a lot of people look at mba as a single degree that you get that you get certain jobs you have an eligibility to be placed but the subjects that we have had a lot of people have uh, conversations like okay let's have this startup how would this business work mm-hmm. but now that i have gone through those subjects economics optimization like statistics uh, you know what exactly are the failure points for your business you probably know you, like apart from intuition you have actually hard reasoning to rely on so that would be the second most important thing like the subjects in mba are actually practically really 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 helpful i can't stress this enough if i had a different conception of how important it would be but it's just way more important to actually learn the subject so that has also been a great thing definitely i mean the subjects are designed by the faculty members from the world's top institutes we have got yes. a faculty from all the all over the world coming in to teach courses at isbn i'm sure it must be a privilege to learn from them yes, uh, yes, the sir. course of this one particular year. it's it's a privilege sir in some classes i just sit there and uh, i am randomly reminded that you know to be in this class among 75 people 
and have the time with the person that's teaching us is a great privilege it's it's something that's rare so that's something that's motivates me every day to wake up still like sometimes you sleep really late but you wake up you know that the professor is really really good and this is this is not in terms of of course they have come from very reputed mm-hmm. universities but when they are in class it's just the sheer content and how they teach that is really fascinating so of course that explains why they are at such great yes. universities but it's the experience i think the classroom experience has been amazing so let's have some rapid fire questions for you yes sir sure first impression of the isb campus green and open i'd say green and open green and open yeah. yes it is definitely yeah. it is green and open also also it was very welcoming the seniors had put an o week and there was a big like a 100 feet banner not a 100 like a 50 feet banner on the hostel so very welcoming as well i'd say very welcoming welcome. green open and welcoming yes came here to be a merit lister or came here for networking i don't know sir if i can just add another option sure go ahead i just tried to came here to enjoy as much as possible while learning that that has been my rule all these weeks perfect what is the craziest thing you've done so far in the campus i know you talked about the commentary but apart from that the craziest thing that is difficult that is difficult we have tried to catch a rabbit of course without violence at all but just for fun we tried to catch it i think uh, we dedicated a whole afternoon trying to catch a rabbit but we couldn't wow must be must be fun really yes. fun okay how has isb changed you in one word it has made me more humble I'd more say. humble it's made me more Correct. humble if you were to give one key takeaway for people who are aspiring to be part of isb uh, cohort next year what would that be i'd say that from my personal experience instead of uh, dedicating a lot of time into what university or which campus or uh, why uh, like spending time in those decisions people should really think about why they want to do an mba because motivation is something that is very difficult to manufacture here if you are not sure about why you want an mba and how it will help you it can be vague it's not that you have a 100 pointer list but you can't really manufacture motivation after getting here once you get into isb you've gotten into isb the fun lasts a few days but then again it's the new part of your life so i'd say people should really spend time into thinking if they really want to do it if they are motivated to do it because without that i can imagine it will actually be a hell year not a hell term exactly. it will be really very apt advice to the um, participants <clears throat> thank you ishan it was wonderful talking to you it was awesome talk talking to you Thank and i'm you. sure audience not just take great insights but also be lot uh, entertained with this conversation yes, and it was lovely talking to you. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me sir.